Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. For this podcast, we are going to talk about orphan care and helping vulnerable children in our community. There are many ways we can do that, but for this podcast, we're focusing on adoption and foster care. We will get to hear from several adoptive and or foster moms about what this process has looked like for them, how God has met them, and how we can support and encourage those that God calls to this task. But first, I get to chat with an adoptive father and pastor at CCK, Stephen St. John, and I've asked him to give us the big picture of this topic from a biblical and theological perspective. But first, Stephen, can you start by telling us a bit about your family? Sure, and uh, let me just say, happy to be here. Legacy Podcast, that's really awesome. Very grateful for how it serves the women in the church. And uh, yeah, adoption is very uh, close to to my heart and to our family. We have two adopted daughters. Um, one is adopted internationally from Vietnam. Uh, the other while she was born in India, she's technically it was a domestic adoption, and we just we just love them. They're uh, such a big part of our lives. They're they're our children, and uh, we are so very blessed to to have our uh, adopted daughters. So we've we've done foster care also briefly, and uh, so it, this is a topic that's really personal for us and really important to us. Well, let's um, jump into thinking about this in the big picture way. So what are the biblical and theological reasons behind Christian involvement in adoption and foster care? Sure. Um, Well, I think the best place to begin, of course, is with with the Lord. Uh, God loves adoption. God is himself an adoptive father. Ephesians 1 tells us that before the world was made, God predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And God has given to us as Christians the spirit of adoption. So as sons, we cry out, Abba, Father. And that's Romans 8, of course. John the Apostle writes, Behold what manner of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. And we become that through adoption. So God loves adoption, and he has been doing the work of adopting children uh, throughout, throughout the ages. And the Lord clearly expresses in the scripture that he has a heart for the needy in this world, and so that will include orphans who need to be adopted and children who need foster parents, even if only temporarily. James tells us that part of true religion is caring for orphans. That's in James 1.27, and the psalmist writes that we should give justice to the weak and the fatherless in in Psalm 82. So God cares for for needy children in this world. And I I think that this is the number one reason for us to be excited about uh, adoption and, and foster care. God is an adoptive father, and he is telling us to have the same heart that he has in caring for needy needy kids. I'd like to say something else to kind of further illuminate the heart of the Lord for adoption and foster care. And that is just like our own salvation begins with 
the brokenness of sin and all of the associated troubles that come with it, uh, I think it's important to remember that as as wonderful as adoption is and as much as we can celebrate a, adoption um, it, and foster care, it, it always begins with with brokenness. So if, if a child doesn't have a, a parent who can care for her, then something has gone terribly wrong. So, so there are, in, in adoption and foster care, many, many challenges. And, and I might, just as a parenthetical comment, say, you know, adoption and foster parenting are not the same thing, though they have a lot of the same associated uh, issues uh, around them. But both of them start with a, a tragic problem. And, and this, I think, if you're going to think about it theologically, or from the perspective of, of a Christian view of the world, uh, this is why it's so good for Christian people to participate in adoption and foster care. Uh, the world might say to us that a child can be so damaged that they can never have a full or happy life. And maybe the best they can do is learn how to sort of cope with the past and cope with their problems. Um, but we as believers, while, while we acknowledge the, the brokenness of their situation, we have so much hope for them in that situation. The Christians have more hope than anybody else. We, we are those who can rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts. So I would, I would never minimize the suffering of orphans or kids in, in foster care. I, I know how they suffer. Uh, our daughters have trauma in their past. One of them has very significant trauma, and the effects are there. But we serve a God who can do all things. Like the angel who said to the young mom, nothing will be impossible with God. So there are a lot of burdens out there in the adoption and foster care worlds, but it's, it's, it's the Christian who has the best answers to those burdens. And we have 10,000 reasons to hope in Christ's power to help these, these needy kids. So I think we have theological reasons to be involved in adoption and foster care ministry, following after the heart of God. But we also have all the equipment to minister uh, to kids uh, with the gospel, with the word of God, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's very encouraging. Um, so how should we think about this as, as members of our church um, and, and participation in this, um, even if we aren't called to adopt or foster ourselves? Sure, that's, that's a great question, um, partly because uh, ad- adoption and foster care are, are very difficult, and uh, clearly I don't think that everybody should do it. Now, if, if you're listening and the Holy Spirit is leading you into it or convicting you, I'm not trying to discourage you from doing it, doing it but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard. It's not for everyone. Uh, we did foster care for a short while. It was clearly one of the hardest things that we've ever done, and so I have so much respect for people uh, doing foster care. 
But, but if you're not an adoptive or foster care parent, you can support adoption and foster care families in a lot of ways uh, uh, through prayer. Um, adoption can be expensive. They may need financial help. You can give meals, words of encouragement, and so on. Here at the church, we have an adoption fund that you can give to that provides grants for members who are adopting. And we have the Village Adoption and Foster Care Ministry. They have lots of resources to help adoptive and foster families, uh, but also to equip other people to serve those families. So um, I would say just real quickly, if you're an adoptive or foster care family who needs support, then contact the office and we'll connect you with the village. But also, if you want to serve those families and you're, you're not doing adoptive adopt, adoption ministry or foster care ministry, but you want to serve those who are, then uh, you, c- you can contact us and we'll get you connected with the village as well. That's great. Well, thanks so much for sharing with us, Stephen. Sure. Glad to be here. All right, well now I'm excited to talk with three mamas who have done this and hear from them. So could each of you introduce yourselves? Um, I am Leslie Thornberry. I'm married to Matt. We've been married for about 10 years. Um, We have three bio kids who are seven, five, and four. We are currently fostering a four-year-old boy and a six-month-old little girl. Um, I've lived in Knoxville my whole life, and we've been at the church um, since the beginning of college, so it's been almost 15 years, I think. My name is Zarita Brockman, and I'm married to Brian Brockman. I've been at Cornerstone since 1993, and we have two children who were adopted domestically uh, through Bethany Christian Services was the agency that we went through. Uh, Hello, my name is Raquel Chavez. I have been uh, living here in Knoxville for around seven years. We have been in Cobb Cornerstone uh, for seven years. Um, my husband is Daniel, and I have uh, two biological ch- uh, children and four adopted children. Uh, so I have in total six children. <laughs> Well, um, I'd love to just hear from each of you what drew your heart toward fostering or adoption. Well, my story began around 10 years ago when uh, my husband was the first who felt uh, that need, that desire. I would put in those words the desire of uh, adopt a kid when we have only Hannah at that time. Hannah is my 13-year-old right now, but at that time she was around five or six-year-old. And he started sharing with me those desires, the desire that he had to adopt. And uh, my first reaction was, uh, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's not for me. And we left that subject at that time, but the Lord starts tearing on my heart, and that took around two years for the Lord to work on my heart, uh, to come into those terms. And I approached after two years and said, you know what, let's, let's look into that. And we started uh, through foster care, we started taking classes, but then when we did the foster care uh, 
all the uh, training that they give you, we felt so broken in the sense of we heard all the stories and everything that these kids go through. And we look at each other with my husband and say, you know what, this is not about us. This is about these kids. We're going to serve them. And this is not about us wanting to adopt. This is about us serving these kids. And we left that training really, really, with our hearts were broken and we were in our way home, we were uh, crying all night and asking the Lord, Lord, why this happened to these kids? Like, why these kids have to go through this so much pain and they, it's not their their fault and all of that. All those things that you wonder and what can we do to help in this situation? So that's why we decided let's go and serve these kids and we have been fostering for around five years our first placement uh, are my four daughters that I right now we like we adopted them um, so but after then we keep on fostering for around five more years but then right now we're doing a break of two years already it's two years because we really needed that break as a family <laughs> So, but uh, our heart is there. Like, we're gonna go back in to the field when we're ready. And when my daughters are a little bit older and when the Lord, when the Lord, when is the Lord's time? That's the, the answer. But uh, our heart is there and that's what we're gonna be doing. And uh, it's just so, so much joy I feel every time I can serve these kids. And let me tell you, it's not easy. Uh, it is really hard. <laughs> but in the middle of all the all the uncertainty or, or all the, uh, the mess sometimes, those sparkles of joy are there. And that is what helps you keep going. <laughs> I guess as a young girl, um, I'd always had a heart for adoption. I was tell the story in foster care. I, there was a picture of a, a child in the newspaper. I tried to get my parents to, to adopt him, and they wouldn't <laughs> when I was little. And so... We have tissues. It's a women's podcast. Someone always <laughs> cries. It's okay. <laughs> so I guess that's uh, when my heart for foster care and adoption started at a young age. And then um, when I started uh, going, I went on a date. Um, with who is now my husband and we talked pretty openly at the date because I was older I was 35 and I said God's calling me to foster care and adoption is that something you'd be open to and um because I was you know if he wasn't then there was no reason continuing for a second or third date and um so um he said he either really liked me or he was just really open to it. So he said that he was open to it. So I was like, great. So we uh, went on a second date and eventually ended up married. Um, and we had both, uh, you know, were open and willing to be foster parents down the road or to um, adopt children at some point through domestic adoption or um, international even. And we also wanted to have biological children um, as well. And uh, um, 
but that wasn't in God's cards for me. So we weren't able to have children. I miscarried multiple times and then um, and was diagnosed infertile. And so we knew that it all made sense. You could see God's hand in um, what he put on my heart and what his plan had been for, for me um, and for us. And so we looked at different um, options and uh, I was working full time, so ruled out international um, because of the timeline. Sometimes you have to travel, and then uh, we um, ruled out um, foster care at that at that time because I was working full time and um, yeah. wanted to be available and with the kids for different appointments and things if need be. And that my career just didn't allow for that at that time, and so that left us with domestic. Domestic adoption is for women who find themselves in a crisis pregnancy for whatever reason, and um, uh, and we can be there as a family who's willing to uh, to adopt if they make it, choose to make an adoption plan um, versus parenting, and so that's what we did. So we went through an adoption agency, and um, we were matched and disrupted, and which is when somebody changes their mind. And then we were matched again, and that's our son, and then went through the process again, and we were matched with our daughter. So We started the adoption process a little over two and a half years ago. Um, we casually had always talked about adoption, um, and after our third uh, daughter was born, we could not have any more kids, and so we started to talk about it more seriously. Um, at that time, we were not interested in foster care. We just both did not feel cut out for it. Um, so we started the domestic adoption process. We chose domestic because we have a desire for um, a relationship with birth families, if that is their preference down the road but about a week after or within the first month of us becoming active in reviewing cases COVID hit and adoption changed dramatically um, birth rates dropped and um, it just became a slow and long process so last fall when we were deciding if we should re-up again or if we should just trying to decide what to do, um, people kept encouraging us towards foster care because the numbers currently are staggering and there is a huge need. Um, and I felt like over the two years where we were seeing cases and um, pursuing cases became a season of pruning in my heart and the things that we had wanted and desired and set out for the Lord was peeling back layers of control and I was learning to let go of what I would think thought that this would look like and to be willing to be used how he wanted to use our family and not how our family desired to be used so we did the foster care classes in this past winter um, we became active or our home became opened in March and a week after we were our home was opened we had planned because all plans go well we had planned to say yes to one infant to get our feet under us figure out the system figure out 
how to walk the road well, but we got a text when we were in the car and it was for a sibling set. Um, and if you've taken the classes or spent much time around foster care, you will hear about how important it is to keep siblings together. And so we said yes. And now we have a um, four-year-old and a six-month-old in our home. And I would say it is the hardest thing we have ever done. Um, it feels a little bit like dying every day. I know that sounds dramatic, but um, feels a little bit like dying every day, but it's also the most worthy thing that we've ever done. Um, we have kids in our home who weren't safe and now they're safe. Um, and that's the kindness of the Lord on them and on us that we get to watch that happen. Um, so I feel like this is our imperfect way of walking out what the Lord has called us to do and loving others well and laying down our lives um, to serve others and to serve vulnerable populations and to build longer tables um, and welcome people in to our family. Um, well, that's really helpful to hear, and um, I love hearing those stories about how God worked in your hearts in, in unexpected ways, it sounds like. Um, and so I feel like I'm always learning a lot about this as I watch friends go through the adoption or fostering process. So what is it helpful for people to know, um, either about adoption or foster care, that's just helpful knowledge to have? Um. I feel like it's easy to see that we add mouse to feed or laundry to do, that our hands are more full or more and more busy. I think a couple of things that are hard to see, one would be that um, our home has become a battleground, that the devil hates adoption and foster care. He will stir up doubt and strife from the beginning of the process. Um, but now we have these kids in our home who have been given over to darkness since conception and we're at war for their souls. Um, we are living with the enemy and we're fighting their demons with them daily. Um, the list of trials, both big and small, since they came to live with us in our home is insane. Um, we're always praying that God would save all of our children, but I've never experienced the kind of opposition to kids being in a safe, comfortable environment like I have since we um, started the foster care process. Um, I've never been more grateful for the confidence that none of us are outside of his ability to redeem and restore. Um, so we have faith for our kids in our home, that God can heal them, that God can redeem them, that he can heal their families, um, and that they can break generational cycles, and that things that have been going on for years and years in their families does not have to continue. Um, another thing that I had kind of prepared myself for, but living it out is different. It's been watching our bio kids struggle. Um, for me, there's been a lot of temptation to believe that I've ruined our lives um, by signing our entire family up for foster care. Um, it's a lie from the devil, but it's still something that I wrestle with. Each of our kids have mentioned missing our old life, not because they don't love the new kids in our home, but because it's just hard. Um, our normal is gone, and they are learning at a very young age what it looks like to regularly 
regularly. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who persecute you. They are struck down daily, and it's hard to watch as a mom um, and for Matt as a dad, but we firmly believe that God is using this to shape their hearts, that this is ultimately for their good, that they will always love the unlovable and serve when it's hard. Our family is now on the mission field, and um, we are living and working to do the good works that he has prepared for us, but watching your kids suffer is hard and we're learning what that looks like and how to meet them and how to let other people step in and care for them and serve them when we're busy serving the other kids in our home um i think for us something that's been i guess is expected but just until you actually walk through you don't realize the depths of the struggle a little bit but you know with us doing domestic adoption at the beginning, it was uh, waiting on a match or raising the funds for your your fees, and those those were challenging things, very challenging, um, and trusting the Lord for both of those things. Um, but then as our children have gotten older, um, just different challenges they've walked through. We walked through open adoptions with both birth moms, and they've played out very differently, and that's been very challenging. So... Um, and just helping our children navigate that this is God's plan and helping them to trust God uh, through hard things. And Brian and myself trusting God, um, I think just in the unknowns. And as I was praying about today and this, and that it just kept coming back to me, just trusting God in the unknown. Like at the beginning, whether we'd be matched at all or whether... Um, you know, what would the openness look like? I'd never done that. Nobody, none of my friends had had open adoptions. That was new territory to me. And um, and then with it changing in a way we didn't anticipate. Um, and then uh, our daughter stayed with us for several months before we knew she would get to be permanently with us. Uh, so it wasn't actually foster care, but it was similar in that you just had her there and you were serving her, laying your life down for her um, while her parents her birth parents walked out uh some of the legalities and then um and just trusting god um with things where we just can't feel we don't feel in control like uh, i think leslie alluded to that and then just um just trusting his plan and and was uh something for me that god has worked in my heart through this I think the the what I can tell everybody that is listening is that if God is steering your heart towards foster care or adoption, just don't delay on doing it. Just uh, pray and take the decision because the need is so great right now. There are so many kids that are in uh, waiting for homes and what a beautiful thing to open a Christian home when the gospel is preached, when the gospel is spoken every day. Well, for me, uh, every house that is a Christian home and open up for a foster care system, for a foster care, uh, is like a, a light in the city that is lighting 
because the kids coming into your house, they're gonna hear the gospel. And for me, that's a great thing. For me, that's the most important and wonderful thing that can happen to a kid that is in so much pain to come to your house and in any way they can hear the gospel. They can uh, have people around, a church, a community around that is gonna help them, you know? Uh, so that is a beautiful thing for me. So if the God is steering your heart towards doing that, just do it. It's, I'm not going to tell you that it's easy. Uh, we have been doing it with my family for around five years and it's really hard. We have had many cases. We have had little kids, we have had teenagers, we have had a lot of cases that I'm not gonna go into detail, but it has been experience, experiences that were not easy, but at the same time, you can see the grace of God through that. And the most beautiful thing on all of this is that you can see your own uh, in what you have to work on yourself. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I have all these horrible things on me. <laughs> and you're like, oh my Lord, I need to humble myself. I need your help. I can't do this without you. I can't. And for me, that has been the most humbling and beautiful thing, discovering so many things on me that I didn't know that I have to work on, that I have to, uh, I always tell my daughters, I am going, every time we have an issue or I, I told them, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to lay down my life for you in the sense of I'm gonna deny myself, but I can't do it without God's help. So that's my goal. I want to lay down my life for these kids. I want these kids to come and hear the gospel. And it's not perfect. There is a lot of dark moments in those times. There is a lot of uh, uh, messy moments. But you can see through those dark moments and messy moments, you can see the grace of God. And that is the most beautiful thing you can see. You can ever feel and you can ever... Um, and that is why it's, for me, it's so amazing. <laughs> That's so encouraging, helpful. I was just thinking, everything you guys shared, it's like, oh, these are things that we all learn in one way or another yeah. through, through what God calls us to. We learn about our sin. We learn that we need to trust God. We have to walk our kids through hard things. So, um, so yeah, that's that's helpful that... In one sense, there are unique challenges with adoption and foster care, but our struggles with our own sin and mm. faith are, are for everybody. So it, it helps me realize that I need to learn about the process, but also I'm in it with you. You're, it's, it's, we're all struggling with the same things. It's just, you know, depending on where God has us with our calling. So, um, but that's helpful to hear the specific ways that, <clears throat> that you guys can be tempted and the challenges. So... Um, the other thing I'd love to hear from you guys is how we can support, encourage, and care for um, adoptive and foster care families. How have people served you guys? Um, what things have helped the most? Okay, uh, so I think the most important thing 
that these kids, well, I wouldn't say these kids, these families, because they're part of your family now while they're with you. It's community. Uh, I really felt when I when I uh, um, adopt my when I adopt my four kids, I really really felt that I need aunties and grandmas and you know that can surround my kids so they can feel part of beside us that we are mom and dad and my daughter was uh, uh, her sister but you know a community uh, and praise the lord the lord through the years have been providing that for us like we have per per se we have neighbors there the lord provide neighbors next door they're like grandpa and grandma for my kids and uh, at church I have a sister uh, in Christ that is like auntie and I was um, uh, I, I found this friend her name is Caroline uh, I found her through Mia I didn't know I didn't know her she has been coming for a couple of years and I never knew she was and then I I remember we went fostering three girls at that time and we needed like we had a respite lineup because we had to go out of town and suddenly that respite like I we can't help you I'm sorry we have to cancel the respite I'm like okay please Mia can you help me someone at church can see the like take care of the girls for the weekend I need to go with uh, with my family and Mia contact me with Caroline and we have been friends since then and we have been you know helping each other and uh, and uh, and she has been like like an auntie for my daughters so I think community uh, is the most important thing this family needs foster families like people who know their the names of your kids and people you know who know their kids and want to hang out with your kids because that's what the kids need so for me that's the most important thing and and I think yep I think one important thing is prayer just praying for um, these children and their uh, biological families uh, just just keeping them in your prayers and also uh, for my kids as they get older, we tell them more of their story um, that's more age-appropriate. You know, you tell them uh, little bits at a time. Um, and they have more questions and, and more things that might be challenging to them or encouraging to them as they find out more of their story. So just continually keeping these foster care and adoptive families in your prayers Um and giving them encouraging words, like you mentioned, uh, I think those are uh, important things to do to just help us to feel supported and to realize that um, challenging things. Just even with biological kids, you're always walking through something challenging, and um, just keeping that in mind and and reaching out to those families and asking, "How can I pray for you specifically?" Or um, or, you know, how can I care for you? And just drawing them out, I think.
for the adoption process, something that stood out to me that is a way that I think everyone can help in is fundraising. Um, fundraising is the worst. <laughs> no one enjoys fundraising. Um, it's humbling to be in need and on top of all the mountains of paperwork you're doing, you're also doing the full-time job of trying to raise essentially a year's worth of salary. Um, and so I would just encourage people to participate in fundraisers, whether or not it's your thing or not, um, to buy the shirt or the meal or whatever is being sold, to donate to the yard sale, to um, make the craft. We have been so blessed by people using their giftings to help with fundraising. Um, but it's still just hard and it still stinks and you don't, it doesn't have to be your favorite t-shirt design to buy the shirt and it doesn't have to be your favorite place to eat to buy the meal. Um, if you're not in a place to be able to be generous financially, you can always tell other people about it. You can send it to your coworkers, you can send it to your small group. Um, it's just a very tangible way to serve people and bless people and to encourage them while they're feeling discouraged about a thousand different things in their adoption process to see that the Lord is still faithfully meeting their needs, encourages them to keep going on hard days. Um, then with foster care, um, I have, we have received so many meals in the past couple of months and it is once again humbling but just a very easy, tangible way to serve other people. Um, and another thing that comes to mind with foster care is when you're asking questions and wanting to be encouraging to keep it, um, I don't know how to explain it well, but like, you'll probably have to edit this out, but to keep it more, how can you serve their family? How can you help their family? How can you pray for their family? And not desire to know well, why are the kids in your house? And when are they going back? And how long are they going to be there for? And who did they stay with before? They're not bad meaning questions, but these are not our stories. Our job is to protect the kids in our home, um, not to share their life stories with everyone. One day they will be adults and they will be able to share their story as they want to, but um, that's something that we want to keep safe for them while they're with us um and so i would say guard your curiosity is that a good way to say that maybe um to ask how you can pray ask how you can serve ask how you can show up and love people well um without needing to know things that really just those kids need to know um, Mia is leading the village here at the church and um, something that she can educate uh, community groups or friend groups or really anyone in the church on is something called a rap ministry um, and her vision is that every foster family in the church would have their own specific rap team and those are people who can coordinate care for that family so like when we got the text that we were getting the kids we had people drop off clothes, toothbrushes, dinner that night, um, formula, the right size diaper and pull-ups, um, people who can just care when we've been sick since then, they get going again and they help find childcare and they help find groceries and 
um, just to keep things from falling through the cracks and help um, love on our family when our hands are full. That's great. That's really helpful. Um, all right. So I'd like to end on um, just share a way or a couple ways that God has met you through this process. Um, I feel like we are still new in the process. Um, we don't really feel like we have our feet under us yet. Um, I wouldn't say we've reached a place of encouragement, but we are um, daily encouraged by our conviction that this is good and worthy work. But most days I feel stripped and bare and weak and needy. Um, what does encourage me in that, though, is that all the good that is going on is the grace of God, that any strength is from Him, that God is faithful in the valley, that any ability to obey the prompting of the Spirit in a hard moment is the kindness of the Lord. Um, our hope is that He is our very present help in time of trouble, and that all of the sins we are battling have been paid for already on the cross, and that while the battle is long, and hard, the victory is sure. Um, I'm encouraged for the kids in our home that the Lord has preserved them thus far and he will not leave them. I don't get to um, control their future. I don't get to know their future, but I um, get to trust that God is with them wherever they go. Um, if they're with us, if they leave us, that he is with them and that he cares more for them than I ever could. Uh, my biggest prayer for them is that they become contributors to the kingdom of God um, and that what was meant for evil will ultimately be used to glorify the Lord with their little lives. Um, and so we just get to watch. We get to fight for them and fight with them and watch him change their hearts and heal their bodies. One way I think that God has met me it was early on, I guess, when we were in the waiting process for adoption um we waited a long time uh for our through our first adoption and god would lead me to pray for other couples that i didn't know and i would just switch everyone the holy spirit prompted me to pray for um that's the one i would pray for and i saw multiple multiple families be matched with uh birth families and that was very encouraging because uh, it kept my eyes off myself during that waiting time, and I got to see him answer prayer after prayer, um, countless prayers. It was really unbelievable. Um, and so that was really encouraging to me that I could see him answering prayers. But then that also applies to now, where we walked through some, we were walking through some difficult things currently, and it's just a good reminder for me that he does answer prayer, so I should be um, deep in prayer for those uh, needs that were, uh, or things that we're walking through um, right now. And also, just like I said earlier, just about, uh, he's met me just having to trust him in those unknown things. Like when we didn't know if our daughter would uh, stay with us permanently or we're trying to open our home to be foster parents. Um, just trusting him um, in those things and not knowing why birth mom changed uh how we were walking this out and just trusting that that was God's plan and trusting what he has for us in that and knowing that he is a trustworthy God and a good God and trying to lead my kids in those same lines of thought. So, 
Um, the first word that comes to my mind, uh, talking about how God has met me through all this process and through all this, uh, is the word grace. I think uh, that is what the Lord has been teaching me all this time, uh, to have grace with my kids, uh, to have grace with every single kid that has gone through my, uh, on my home, and and how the Lord has met all the needs, especially with uh, my older Hannah and my older daughter Hannah. She was the spoiled one. She was a single daughter because my, my son is already was already married. And then all of a sudden, four little ones came home with all the noise and craziness. She, the Lord has, I, can, I have seen the Lord in her life in so many ways and how the Lord has been working in her in her life and uh, how the Lord has has been meeting, meeting her needs and how the Lord has been changing her heart towards her siblings and how she can embrace them and uh, like all that that I have seen and I have witnessed through all these years with my daughter the Lord has been gracious and wonderful and amazing for me how seeing how the Lord has been working on her life and grace I think grace is the most thing that the Lord has been dealing with me uh, every morning when I wake up and open my eyes Lord give me grace for this day I need grace to give it to my daughters because I can't do it without you well, this has been so encouraging. I think um, it's just stood out to me, your love for God, your love for the gospel, and then your love for others, especially these children. And that just, that encourages me, that challenges me. Um, we will all be praying for you guys. It's just, it's wonderful to have this window into your lives and into this process. It may, I'm sure it makes us think of other people we know, many in our church who are in this process. And it just helps us know how to love those people, how to pray for them, how to serve them. So thank you so much for coming and sharing. Sure. You're welcome. Pleasure.